supernatural, the supernatural. I actually had to look this up before we started this podcast because I know we came up with this theme, but then I had lots of questions about what the supernatural really is. I I came across some definitions about it being something that science can't explain, but Kim, maybe you looked it up and, and found out some more things about the supernatural. I did. Uh, listeners, you know I love looking up a definition. I love a good dictionary lookup. And I looked up the literal word <laughs> supernatural. <laughs> and the definition that was offered to me, there's two, of or relating to an order of existence beyond the visible observable universe, especially of or relating to God or a mm. God, mm. demigod, spirit, or devil. That's definition number one. Number two, mm-hmm, departing from what is usual or normal, especially so as to appear to transcend the laws of nature, attributed to an invisible agent, such as a ghost or a spirit. Mm. So, to me, yeah, that is the supernatural. I, Michelle, I, I know while we were preparing for this conversation, it's like, when do we cross the line from supernatural to sci-fi and vice versa, right? Yes, because I, I that, would prefer sci-fi and probably fantasy than supernatural. I like was going to say the same thing. Yeah, mm. the idea of ghosts, I'm like, mm-mm, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm glad you guys started with the definition because I can't say that I knew how to say that. <laughs> now at all. you know. Um, yeah, I, I was like, try, I was racking my brain trying to think, what other paranormal things do I even know that are? And I could only think of, you know, fantasy stuff, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. that's not right. I'm going to be bad at it. You're um, so bad. Yeah. You're so bad at this. <laughs> no, but I think actually Lord of the Rings is kind of in it. At least based on some of the research I did. I think it kind of. Well, it is relates. a fantasy that has a supernatural uh, layer. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, yeah. There's definitely genre, yeah. be- you know, blending happening and overlap. Mm-hmm. So I, I had an interesting time with this because I admittedly, I love supernatural paranormal shit. Like I listen to a podcast called Spooked. It's the same people who do Snap Judgment, which is another great podcast. Mm. And all it is is people they they do very produced uh, episodes, but it's like people reliving actual paranormal supernatural things that have happened to them, like re- retelling the story. And then the production team super produces it with beautiful audio and like the whole shebang and, wow. and sound effects. And it is terrifying, but I live for it. I'm like, oh yes, like I love. For me, I love people's real life supernatural stories. Mm-hmm. I don't care to watch it too much in a fictional sense. I would typically agree with that. I like to be like actually scared, like maybe this could happen to my family someday. <laughs> but oh, <laughs> I just, oh. Like, all in, no, 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 like I'll inherit a house and it'll be like, wow, well, so it'll be haunted during the daytime and then at the nighttime, it's not so pretty. Um, I what I well I just watched Haunting of Hill House on Netflix and that really, I love that show. I love that really show. It's really good. It's really really good. It reinforced that. And that I am belief. I am terrified to watch it. I know Kim's been trying to get me to watch it, and I every time I go to to uh, play it on Netflix, I chicken out. I feel like I have like the Rick Grimes list of questions when it comes to things that <laughs> are like horror or horror adjacent, and I was like. 
If there are, is there, are there zombies? No, then probably not into it. Are there <laughs> sharks? No, probably not into it. Are there uh, aliens? Debatable. But like <laughs> it, once it takes a turn into like paranormal scary stuff, at least that's scary to me, then I'm like, oh, I don't know. I couldn't have watched that show alone, so don't watch it alone if oh, that was excellent. your plan. <laughs> I was very Watch scared. it during the daytime? I wouldn't even watch it during the daytime because there's. it's one of those shows that accomplishes like big scares that happen to little kids during the day. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> but you made you it through an and, and you loved night. it. And you enjoyed uh, yeah. it. I watched it with a friend and we screamed every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I look back on that show now. Granted, I watched that show, what, a year ago now. And... I remember it more as a drama than I do. Yeah, you blatantly told me it was not scary and I would be fine. And now Zach has told me that I will be terrified for the rest yeah, of my life. She's if like, I'm a, never watching it. If you're a scared person, then you will be scared. I, I am. I, I tend to be scared by scary things. So if if I meet a spirit of that kindred sort, then I have to tell. I just, I don't know. I'm not telling you not to watch it. I'm just saying, be prepared. <laughs> I was scared. I was very scared. But that, but what you're saying, Kim, that the the essential thing there is that like things that are very human dramas, all like that scares me the most. When it has both of those layers, when it's like there's a spooky lady that jumps out from the closet, but also like this family is falling apart. (sighs) That's when something is the scariest to me. So like Hereditary, for instance, murdered me. Um, oh, that's on my watch that. list. That's on, I have not seen that yet, but I've heard excellent things. Well, and Michelle's you do literally find shaking it, her apparently. head. No, 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 like, no. Hell to that. No, no. I've always said that about Hereditary that I think it's a masterpiece and they never should have made it. Mm-hmm. Because it was scary. I was, I was on a like fourth date with somebody at a matinee <laughs> and I've cried the whole time. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I a very. <laughs> No, you should. should It's the funniest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't work out with that person. (laughs) Look, I'm a crybaby. I have talked openly on this podcast about how I am a programmed crybaby. Like, if you put something, you start playing that music, uh, forget about it. The waterworks will be coming. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm very much a crybaby. Don't worry. We can cry together. And uh, (laughs) I'm not worried. I've I've accepted it now. (laughs) We'll cry at one point during this conversation. I'm sure. Um, (laughs) I don't have therapy this week, so this will. Oh, okay. (laughs) This will be your armchair therapy in the meantime. We're here to help, or we'll make it much worse for you. (laughs) I don't know. It could go go either either way. way. (laughs) Look, I don't want to make any guarantees. I am not certified in any way. (laughs) So, all this being said, oh, Michelle, can you introduce our guest uh, very quickly before I get into our question? Of course. Because well, our, our our listeners are like, who is that handsome, who handsome that voice on this handsome on this maniac on this call who <laughs> likes to be scared but also doesn't like to be scared? Well, you guys, will say a nice welcome and uh, give him a hug if he does start to cry. Um, Zachary Weber is joining us today. He is an actor, a musician. He lives in L.A. and his band is called Night Darling. And you can find them on Spotify, Apple. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your band? 
Um, yeah, we uh, we released a single beginning of quarantine. Um, that's all that's available now. Um, mm. It's a good listen. It. it is. Thank you. I didn't it's know a you good listen. I had a listen. Great. Oh, well, I had to listen to some sample on Instagram. <laughs> At least I think. Do you I always did. say "had a listen" when you've had a listen? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am mentally eighty-five years old. Okay, so yes, I okay. had a listen. Well, great. Um, <laughs> on the yeah, Instagram, we, we only on have the Insta, the Insta, uh, and the tweet. Um, we. <laughs> We uh, yeah we released a single that's all that's out right now we're releasing much more in 2021 so you know if you, you can find us on those platforms those music platforms and give them a more listen give yeah. them a follow and uh, we're excited to have you we're excited to have Zach because Kim and I are fans of Zach Zach's work I don't know if anybody I'm sure there are people who are listening who uh, recognize his voice he's narrated over 500 audiobooks. Look, Mostly, I knew you did a lot, but I didn't know it was 500. <laughs> 500. I didn't either until a month ago. Whoa. That's incredible. And then I did a count. Yeah. In Do you have six a favorite? <laughs> can you pick um, your favorite out of the 500? Yeah. I, have a, I have a whole list. I can pull it up. I don't really, I can't, I, I don't no, like to choose don't favorites. No teasing. No, I don't like to do no that. Pressure. Yeah. No okay. pressure. See, I told but, you it could go downhill. <laughs> I will send you the list uh, in an email. Perfect. On the Gmails. If if you could write a letter to Kim and send it in the mail, then okay. she'll I'll tell her I'm, how to post it on I will, Facebook. Through the post. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, kitties. But it's mostly romantic, erotic audiobooks. Um, but you will be playing Dracula, mm -hmm. the infamous supernatural original. Bloodsucker Wild. himself in a video game, which is really cool from Deep End mm -hmm. Games called Romancelvania. Yeah. That's <laughs> a great I name. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, that's you did it. Did exactly I just say right? right? Oh yeah. Uh I'm so excited. I did my first session with them like a couple weeks ago, and it's it's like a it's like a partially side scroller. So like sort of like Metroid. I don't know if you guys know video games at all. Um I'm but dumb. I told you, you lost I'm 85 me at side scroller. And I was okay. like, oh so you go you know send the one letter like, in the mail. Here, I'll show you like where they're going like this. <laughs> and then they do the shoot, shoot, shoot and the attack. Oh yes. Oh. Okay. So it's not it's not like a three-dimensional, it's more of a two-dimensional. It's both. It's like sort of pseudo. Oh. So it's like a like partially throwback. Um and then there and then the premise of the game is really or is really cool. It's like um he's uh, uh, Dracula's forced to be on a dating show by his friend, the Grim Reaper. How do I sign up for this? So game? <laughs> it's pseudo like Bachelorette meets a really scary horror game. Oh, um, yeah. So I'm I don't know. I'm excited about it. That's that incredible. sounds very cool. And I kind of want to come back to that after I, uh, when we get into the episode because I have my friend got me into this. <laughs> paranormal romance series mm. uh, and, and I stalled I, out a little bit I'm sorry you don't <laughs> start it's not for everyone anyway now I think vampires are hot damn it uh, I never so romance Sylvania starring Zachary Weber is for you I roll I roll but yeah now I'm now I'm very interested anyway question I want to pose to you guys Zach Michelle mm. have you ever had a supernatural experience no. 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 But I believe I could. That is what interesting. I Look. I fully believe that I could, but it but no. As in you are receptive to it. I am totally open 
to it happening as long as I'm not alone. And as long as I'm part of a fun team that (laughs) is battling the forces of evil. (laughs) We've assembled a fun team to go uh, find supernatural (laughs) events around the world. Ready? Go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I am, uh, I am, I constantly fluctuate between believer and non-believer. I'm very Mm. practical, but I want to believe I'm like the X-Files. I want to believe. And I have had zip personal supernatural experiences, except for one. And I was semi there for it. And I was mostly laughing the entire time. Were you drunk? Why were you semi there? (laughs) I was. Okay. So very long story short, I was moving across the country with my boyfriend and we were driving across the country and I constantly made jokes and this has nothing to do with it. We were not abducted, but I kept joking. Hey, we're out going to, we're going to be out in the middle of butt fuck half the time. What if we get abducted? That'd be so cool. We'll have a cool fucking road trip story. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> this never happened. At least I don't recall it. And, uh, on our way, we would stay in Airbnbs and I would just book it the day before because I was like, eh, you know, we're going to take our time, you know, let's not rush it. We found, I found a listicle, of course, of like 20 coolest Airbnbs. And of course, one of them was on our, um, basically on our journey. And it was in Wyoming. And Wyoming. It was a sh- yes. It's like, it's it- going to be one of those. <laughs> It's always like something. Were you coming from New York? So it was like the up the you're going through the upper Midwest. I was coming from Boston, so it was yes from the Northeast. So I was coming from that area, and I was like, "Dang, a sheep herder's wagon! It looks so cool! It looks so beautiful! It just so happened to be available. We booked it for one night. I booked it. Right? We get to this ranch, and let me tell you, I'm crying already. I know. (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you it happened. There's no cell phone service, so I have to. I have to. Yeah, I have to follow this man's written directions to the T or else I'm freaking lost on this dude's whatever mm-hmm. 500 square mile ranch or whatever he owns. So we get to the joint. His family comes out. You know, they're, you know, you can tell they're like a Mormon family, kind of like the Duggars, like weirdos like that. Mm-hmm. And so they come out very nice people. I shouldn't say weirdos, but they come out. Yeah, you should. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's be real. And so they they greet us and they're like, okay, so we're going to drive you to your sheepherd's wagon. So then they drive us like another five to 10 miles out to this thing. And I'm like, well, I really have no idea where we're at. And I have no cell phone signal. And then, of course, my car starts to act up as we get to the sheep herder's wagon. And I'm like, well, Jesus, if anything happens, I got to hope my car starts. This is a real a horror movie situation I've placed myself into no cell phone signal. And we're not even close. I can't even run to the dude's freaking house if I want to, because I have no idea where it's at. And it's like, it's like that commercial where the kids are like, we should hide behind these chainsaws. You know, you're like, Oh, she's like, why can't we take the running car? yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I was like, yeah, let me make my life insane right now. So we are having a good time. It's a really lovely little wagon. They give us a porta potty outside because there's no, bathroom in the thing it's very small next thing i know we're getting ready for bed it's dark i mean it is dark you can't see anything we're not in the woods or anything it's just plain you know it's grassland right Mm -hmm. and my boyfriend goes out to use the bathroom and next thing i know the door is like, like no. he is no. shaking, running into the house and he's like lo- trying to like lock this door that doesn't have a lock on it 
And he is, we had this little peep window outside the the door and he's like just staring at it, like flashing this flashlight outside of it. And he's like, oh, and I was like, what? what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Like, I'm like, well, first of all, I'm laughing. That's why I said I was laughing the whole time because he was just in his underwear. And it's like the funniest sight to see a grown man run into this like little sheep herder's wagon and just like oh, losing his James. mind. I <laughs> James, sorry, I'm laughing so hard at this story. So anyway, he's flashing this light. He's freaking out. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And he's like, I swear to God, I'm walking back from the, the porta potty and I saw two little beady eyes staring at me. I yes, I, I knew it. I knew it. And I <laughs> Zach goes, <laughs> No, it's a, it's a it's a fucking sheep. It's a, is it a sheep? Well Please tell me it's a sheep. Well, here's the thing. So he <laughs> He comes back in and, you know, he, he calms down or whatever. And I was like, well, okay, so you saw eyes, whatever. It could be an animal. And he's like, no, 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 no. It did not look like a normal animal. He's like, I could not make out anything else except these eyes. And when we met eyes, it then got closer. Oh, no. And mm-hmm. nope. Stop. Start and the car. Start the car. <laughs> I'm start out. the wagon. Yeah, start the wagon. <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> so the whole night, needless to say, we're like, what the, What do we do? You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, we're going to die. So anyway, it's actually one of the best sleeps I had on the trip, if you can believe it or not. <laughs> poor, I picture you sound asleep and poor James wide awake freaking <laughs> no, out. Here, I don't know if I could sleep after that. It's one of those things where I guess where you kind of come to terms where you're like, well, if I die tonight, I die tonight. It is what it is, right? Uh, at least we had a good run. We were- <laughs> this was great. We had a good run. <laughs> was this just a regular road trip or were you moving? We were moving. So, oh. you know, I just had my car. and had a good you know, run. Almost we had a good- moved to a new city. <laughs> almost made it to LA. Almost it's made fine. It to California. It's, it's good, you know. So, uh. whatever. But here's the thing. I think what ultimately calmed me down, and this is going to sound insane because then this also sounds like a horror movie, but I love thunderstorms. And right mm. after that whole event, the sky was just lit up with lightning and thunder and I, and it like, it illumified everything. Yeah. So what turned from a very dark pitch black night ultimately turned into like a, like a lightning show for a long time. Okay. And I find lightning and thunderstorms and yeah. rain comforting. I'm one of Beautiful. those people who loves that shit. So that's my semi story in term because it oh, wasn't geez. me who experienced it that's right like i was the person story. but it i was a great story but i was that laughing was the beautiful. whole time i know <laughs> there always is there was laughter there was there was it was a thriller there's always <laughs> somebody who's blowing it off and and then everyone else is terrified it's i don't know it's a perfect story for that reason because i yeah that's great I find, yeah, I find like this weird amount of like romance and things like that where I think it's beautiful, but I'm also like shaking. (laughs) (laughs) Shaking because of the beady eyes. I have a supernatural story, but nothing, I don't, I can't follow that. That was such a good story, Kim. You can follow it for sure. Like, I didn't even see the thing. Mine is not even dramatic. And this happened... Uh, maybe around the same time you were moving to LA. This was probably like seven, six or seven oh, years ago. Yeah, and I was and I was sleeping. I was here in my apartment and I was sleeping, and I was at that weird stage where you are sleeping but you're kind of awake. 
So you, mm-hmm. you know, like you think you hear something. I don't know if this happened to you guys. It has happened to me a lot. So I don't know what yeah. that means. Um, but I, I felt like someone had come in to my place. Like someone had come through the door and I started to panic that, I was scared that somebody had broken in or something was going to happen to me. So I immediately got scared. And I also couldn't move that weird feeling of, you know, when you have dreams and you're like moving through quicksand or cement, it felt like my limbs were heavy and I couldn't move. And then I started feeling this weird, um, not weird, uh, energy in the room. So I felt someone like they had come in and then someone had moved into my bedroom or some kind of energy changed into my bedroom, but there was no sound. And I remember laying there thinking, I'm just waiting for a sound. And I started to do like this mental thing of, why can't I move? I need to get up. I need, what am I going to do? Or do I have to fight somebody? You know, what's the next thing that I need to do in, in case something happens? And the, and then I felt like um, a motion on the like bed, like someone was sitting on the bed or something was on the bed. And I was oh like, my oh, my God, like what is made? Did I leave like a the window open? Is there like a animal that had, like crawled in here? Like what has happened? And I live in a nice area. So it's just, like what what's happening? And oh I'm also God. on the third floor. So that would be weird. Um so I then I started to feel something really heavy on my chest, like something nope. had come and and j- it just felt heavy. It wasn't like a, a, a like a forceful, uh, like violent pressure. It was just like a heavy pressure on my chest. And I felt what I thought was breathing. So I thought that this uh-uh. like animal, this something that had come into Ugh. my bedroom was breathing. And then the energy changed from when I felt very scared to feeling um, not scared at all. That the, the very comforted and um, like someone was trying to give me a hug. So I feel like somebody might have come to visit me. Oh, um, interesting. To say everything's okay. It was kind of a tough time in my life, so I don't I. I, I don't know if it was that, but it I remember feeling like it was a very like distinct feeling. To this day, I can just think of it exactly like how it felt and the pressure. And it was like there and then it was gone. And I couldn't, I still couldn't move. And then I woke up the next day and it was, it felt very real. But obviously nobody had come in my house. Nobody had, no thing had come into my room. But I have that very distinct feeling of someone like putting their head here on my chest and then like they were trying to hug me. Wow. Damn. That's sweet. It is that sweet. Is very sweet. Started out really scary. Oh, yeah. I mean, y- oh, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is kind of reminded me of some things that aren't, Ooh. it does, it feels semi paranoid. It's not, I, I even have even less of a story to tell than you, but. I have had moments that I, I'm quite certain were just a very, very vivid imagination of mm-hmm. my own that was like sort of, but but was enforcing something that felt incredibly real mm-hmm. where like, and I think that's like, that's what, you know, that's what writers have always said. It's that, that area between sleep and, and being awake, that's yeah. that where all these things exists like if there is like a plane it's where that's where they are um but i like when i was in high school i would 
I would very consistently when I was falling asleep would like hear a voice and I've, and I've read this before that like this happens to a lot of people. So it's not probably not paranormal to any degree, but I would hear just someone say just a word in my ear and it was just a whisper. And I would, there were times when it would just make me shoot awake. And there were other times where I was like, you did that. You said that when <laughs> someone else's voice in your own ear. Do you remember, were they always like, was it a different word or do you remember any of the words or did it had like, did the words have any meaning to you in particular? No, it was always like a hello and it was always like, you know, mostly benevolent, never like a scary thing. I also had sleep paralysis when I was younger because I was always very stressed um, as a kid. So I like, I I had these, speaking of like not being able to (laughs) wake up um while being asleep that happened often but that was always very that was just really like shitty and bad but i never it you know i never had it never felt like it was in a in another realm searching kind of way but those are just like the little pieces the niblets that i can give in that regard yeah, I mean, look, this is like uh, going back to, uh, I'm sure we could be here all day talking about like yeah. supernatural and like, what is what is it? And but I the skeptic in me is part of and I part of, I actually wrote a script about this, mm-hmm. which is like, when does it, you know, uh, when is it actual like an actual experience versus someone who may be having a mental breakdown or right. uh, suffering from something? Because I think there is a very, there can probably be a very fine line between those two. And I don't, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to disregard mental health, but I also don't want to disregard right. some, you know, somebody who could potentially be experiencing some paranormal or supernatural mm-hmm. experience and, and, and it is real and it is palpable to them. Mm-hmm. So, Anyway, guys, I know we just gave you the longest intro ever, but we had some <laughs> cool stories in there. And mm-hmm. I didn't know we have so many. Uh, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and formally start the show. Welcome back. You are listening to Crush Fictionally. In this episode, we are talking about the supernatural. We are talking about fictional characters we love from supernatural books or TV shows and movies, whatever. Not just the show called Supernatural. Not, in fact, we are We're like, probably we not only talking. can talk about. I've never, never seen, seen that show. One time. <laughs> that show so we're not talking at all about the show supernatural i know one of the actors used to be on that. gilmore girls so there you go that's all i can say about supernatural. the end uh, yeah exactly <laughs> I've, I've got nothing for you so and, if you were misled into thinking yeah if you were misled into thinking this was a show about the show supernatural on the cw not. i did look it up because i was like oh what are there as i was looking up the definition of supernatural of course that show came up and I was like, I've never seen this show. <laughs> and there were the 15 seasons. There's 15 seasons of Supernatural. That's well, forget insane. About it. I'm never going to watch it now. And a huge following. No. There, the people yeah. are obsessed with that show. Right. That show gets reruns. Like that show is like still on air, but it gets actual reruns on other channels, which is crazy. Wild. 
Speaking of wild and crazy, we are talking supernatural. I know we talked a little bit about this probably in our intro, and I'll keep it very quick so we can get into our crushes that we're crushing on this week. But why is the supernatural so appealing? I believe in it. I know you said at the beginning of the show, I believe in ghosts and stuff. Maybe that's why I don't like watching a lot of like paranormal activity or any of those shows where like someone's like possessed. Cause I believe it's too real. Like mm-hmm. I feel like someone, there was some, some other being in, in my place, in my bedroom trying to communicate with me. So I'm like the right. believer in it. I don't think that's crazy. I think I just think, no? so I, I, but I, but I do find stuff that's related maybe to like, that's maybe borderline fantasy, fantasy or sci-fi and like magic. I find some of that and like things that you can't explain. I find that really interesting. Mm. Maybe because it's, that's not real <laughs> to I, me. I, I think I, yeah, I'm sort of on the same page there. Um, I think I like watching, you know, the medium of paranormal TV and movies and stuff because I think there's just, when it's done well, it's, it's very, very romantic and very, and it's actually ends up being very, very human when it's done well. Cause it's, it's like, we've said it like relay, if it can relay like the, the feelings that maybe you should be the catharsis you should be going through as a human being via this terror, which mm-hmm. is like all humans experience terror. It's just a matter of like, <laughs> is it reflected in some, in, in, in some greater way. And like by showcasing that, like this has happened to someone before, or there's some creature that experienced this in the past and they became this horrifying thing and they're trying to seek retribution. It's like, it's, I I think that's the reason I like it is because it's like, it's just a, it's, it's a very, usually when it's done well, it's a very human thing. That is a beautiful way to put it. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, there, I love what I love going back to haunting of Hill house is how they, sh- I'm not going to give anything away for anybody who hasn't listened. Cause I gear, uh, you should watch this show if you haven't, but, um, I love <laughs> Michelle. I'm looking at you. <laughs> I'm working on it guys. I'm working on it. <laughs> totally. And it, the, uh, it's so good at blurring that line between, the manifestation of this family suffering in certain ways mm-hmm. and it manifesting in this supernatural way. Yeah. And it's, it's gorgeous. So yeah. supernatural. I love anything mysterious. I think that's the appeal to me mm-hmm. is that, <laughs> I don't know. I think morbid things like, Oh my God, what if I die and I never find out, you know, <laughs> why this thing happened or whatever. I don't know. I why. like the mystery too. I like the mystery of it a lot too. I think it's always disappointing when something paranormal is just like, here's what it is. That's any, <laughs> any horror whatsoever is always like, look, there's the zombie. Yes. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, we're about to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer where that's <laughs> absolutely the case. And it's my favorite. So I don't know what I'm saying, but like something like the walking dead, it's like it kept, like it sort of hammered home the same concept over and over again, where I totally agree with you. It's like what the unknown is, is the best. I think the unknown is the scariest too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look, I'm, let go ahead, Michelle. 
Oh, I was going to, no, I was just going to say, it's interesting you say that because I feel like when we talked uh, about horror, we talked about the appeal of horror and why people are drawn to something that can be scary or that can scare them. And the things that I was reading about, like the horror genre is that it can feel very comforting to people in, in, um, in both ways in that it's something very like undefined and like nebulous. And then there's this other part of it that some people really like horror or scary movies that have like a definitive ending. Like even if everybody's dead at the end, then at least it gives you some kind of like definitive answer. So I think that's so interesting. Yeah. Then that's why I'm not into horror films. Uh, I, yeah, I'd much rather have like a mystery anyway, unsolved mysteries guys. Also, I'll throw that out there. It's on Netflix and it is fantastic. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's get into our crushes. Now, Zachary, you just gave us a little preview as to who your crush is mm-hmm. in the supernatural. Now tell us a little bit about who your crush is and why you like them. Okay. I'm going to give just a little background as to why this is why I'm even do- choosing this person. Um, Please. <clears throat> so the person I've been seeing, we started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer together um, a couple months ago. We're on season, the beginning of season six out of seven. Have oh. you guys seen this show? Have you seen not. Buffy? <laughs> Neither of you have seen Buffy. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's but I so think scary. it's an interesting choice. I think it's an interesting <clears throat> choice because it started as a movie, right? And then it was made into a it series. It was a movie. Joss Whedon wrote the movie, and I don't know. He didn't. I don't think he directed it. But then he he directed and wrote most of the first couple of seasons of the show, and he stayed mm-hmm. on as executive producer throughout the whole thing and directed and wrote some things. Um, but like having seen some other of his stuff. Uh, this is just, it's just a masterpiece. Like it, I, <laughs> I was in denial about it because it seems like a goofy teen show and then you watch it and it's masterful storytelling. So you have to watch it. Mm, and now okay. I know I can't reveal a lot of things. Um, that's okay. <laughs> no, okay. you can. I mean, that's okay. You can. Yes, you can totally do that. I, well, a question for you before you get into it. Like, is this a show that you feel as though it gets better with time? Oh, I mean, it's it's a surprising, surprisingly good start because you're like, oh, this is actually there's there's a lot of depth to this, and then mm-hmm. it just every, at the end of every season, it's like I don't know how they're gonna best that, like oh. it just, and then they do every single time, and I'm so I'm I mean, like I just started season six last night, and it's like wow, I don't I don't understand how I'm still gripped by the plot. Wow, of this how many seasons are there? Show seven. I'm so oh, sad. So you're it's in like the tail end of it. Oh. Yeah. All right. So I'll tell you my crush. My crush is, and so is the girl I've been seeing. Her crush also is Spike. Oh. So Spike. <gasps> <laughs> We're laughing because <laughs> I what? never no, thought. No. In, okay. Our last episode, it was a uh, themed British invasion. And oh, wow. Michelle and I talked to our lovely friend in the UK, Charlotte, Charlotte and her job. So me and Michelle were going to bring in British characters that we loved. Mm-hmm. And then she was, she being a Brit was going to bring in an American character that she liked. She loved. And she brought in Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Now, I'm wow. interested to hear why you love you Spike. You love Spike. Versus why so, she loves Spike. And she said really? she had a hard time picking because she's like, I have so much to choose from. And then she was like, but I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer wow. so much. Wait. And she, so she was choosing from an American show. 
Yes. What she was, she was okay. choosing mm-hmm. an American actor <clears throat> or American character played yes. by an American actor. And we were doing the opposite. Do you want to know the irony, the double irony of that? I don't know if she explained it, but he, yeah, he's a Brit. He's he plays a Brit on the show, he but plays a Brit. He, James Marster is American. Yeah, yes. he's like from California. I, okay, so, yeah, <laughs> the layers. He's <laughs> he's brilliant. First of all, um, <laughs> and I have a crush on him. Um, he <laughs> is. <laughs> um, the character is great because you uh, and from what I don't know if she explained it, but the, from what I've heard, he was supposed to be just a couple episode arc, and then That's he became a, a huge yes. main character. Yes. Um, and the reason for this is because he's so funny and so intense. And that's, I think, the essential thing that you need in a vampire show is like an element of comedy a little bit because they're like, right. there's, they're not like other paranormal things in that they're still very intellectual and they're not full monster and they're not full human. Right. So they'll suck your blood, but they also have to be, you know, sexy and funny. Um, and that's exactly what he is. That's how it works. I think <laughs> that's what right. I really thought. Taking notes, geez. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, he, I, they kept him on, I think, and created this like massive arc for him for that reason, um, because James Marster is so talented. Um, but uh, the character goes through this process of undoing and trying to. I'm just trying to try so hard not to give things away, but like trying to rid himself of like his evil proclivities and Mm -hmm. whether that is some might, some could say, argue that it's like a little manipulative on this, on the side of like writers. People say this about twilight too, where it's like that guy's 300. Why does he get to love a normal human girl? (laughs) Um, And this is the case, but like, you know, he, I won't say too much, but he loves a human being. And so like, it's trying to assess whether or not this person's growth, this being's growth is coming from their, just their personal love, or if it's out of striving actually to be good is Mm. fascinating. It's really cool. Um, And there's a lot of talk on the show of like what the soul is in any being and whether or not one can have one and survive if you're, if you've been turned into some sort of creature um, mm-hmm. or like how, like how difficult it is to be a human and have a soul and have to reckon with all the pain. And that's Buffy's struggle mainly in the series is that she has to like, she being the slayer has to grapple with killing the forces of evil and protecting everyone she loves all at the same time, always. And it's, you know, I don't know. It's, Brilliant. Wow, you're, you're making it sound like look to a point that I now I want to watch this show. I know I'm sold. Between you and Charlotte, you guys have sold me on watching Buffy, and you're not the only people who have said repeatedly that it is fantastic. I ha- I denied it when I, when I was younger. Somebody was like, somebody said it was their favorite show. I don't remember. I think it's I can't. Some friend of mine was like going on about it, and I was like, I can't. It's like a goofy teen show. <laughs> it does look that yeah, way. Yeah, I thought it I, was kind uh, of like a goofy kind of like. The uh, thing is, it is. It also a goofy is. kind of like soap opera y. Am I right? There's an and there is an element of that, but it's self-aware. It's it's like high like it's very reflective and like makes fun of itself. Yes. It's yes. Ju- I mean Joss Whedon's brilliant. Um this was all I'm gonna say. Oh, I love that. I love That's that a pick. good look, you you guys have talked me into watching Buffy. I will do it. I'm gonna do it. And Zach bringing up the first, this is a record. We've never had 
two different guests bring up the same character. <laughs> Especially back to back. I mean, back like, this back. is wild. For different like, reasons. Because we knew it. you were going to talk about Buffy, but I was like, oh, there's no way he's picking Spike. <laughs> and when you no put you, there's no that- way I can't choose Spike. <laughs> I love it. That's, that, and that Charlotte is an had a sweatshirt a and everything. She mm-hmm. and she loved it. <laughs> she and did. I, she had a sweatshirt. She, yeah, yeah, she had like a Buffy the Vampire sweatshirt that she wore. Okay, get a link from her. For me. <laughs> we'll, we'll throw it at you. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, this is too too funny, Michelle. Yes. Who are you crushing on? <laughs> My crush in the world of supernatural. Is Geralt of Rivia, played by Henry Cavill in oh, The nice. Witcher. Nom, nom, nom. Which, um, <laughs> mm, um, no one wants That's to it. see my search history uh, after <laughs> having to do some research for this show. Um, everyone wants, wants to see Everyone it. wants to. DM me, I'll send you pics. Um, <laughs> the Witcher Netflix series came out in 2019. I just got into it. I was hearing good things about it. Um, it is an American show that was is based actually on a book series, nine different books called The Witcher. Um, we were talking about Zach's video game um, that he's voicing earlier. This is also a video game, but the show is based on the books. They didn't think they could make the show would be too silly to, they said to turn into a series on Netflix, but the creator of the video game, Tomek Baginski, he actually pitched it to Netflix and then Netflix caught on and was like, Oh, this sounds great. Um, Lauren Heisrich is the showrunner. She wrote it and created it and worked a lot with the writer of the books, Andre Sapowski, and it's a and he's a Polish writer. So, um, anyways, if that at all interests you, just you wait. Um, so Geralt is the main character. He's a monster hunter. He uh, is has supernatural powers in order to that help him fight these like beasts and monsters in what is a fictional but set in medieval times like eastern european country um so he travels around um there's sorcery there's a princess there's a bard Hell yeah. um <laughs> i mean it want. is getting hot i am thirsty <laughs> for this character i was today years old when i found out that henry cavill was british because i did not know that um mm. I didn't know that because I'd only seen him in Mission Impossible and he does a a very good American accent, which we've talked about. Brits and American accents. Sorry, Tom Hardy. Um, I will say he's he's brooding. He's complicated. Um, He I won't give anything away for anybody who has not seen the show. Um, I will say for me, it took a while to get into it. it. It's been compared to like a Game of Thrones or kind of like Lord of the Rings ish. Um, I think maybe I, it took a while for me to get hooked into the series. So Mm -hmm. if you're not into maybe the first episode, don't give up. It's, I think it's worth going and watching all eight episodes. Um, Even if, I would. I will say there's a fight scene in the very first episode that is no, amazing. I know what you're talking. About. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I and do too. 
I've seen oh, it as well. It's we've it's, all seen. It. There's like sword fighting scene <laughs> that is just like mind blowing. And then as I looked up all this uh, backstory on the show, found out that Henry Cavill did all his own stunts. That was that sword fighting is all him. He trained extensively. Mm. He has uh, like this little fun fact. He has less body fat in as he trained and worked out for this than he did when he did Man of Steel when he was Superman. Stop it right wow. now. Just, you guys, stop it. Just stop <laughs> it. Go watch, pause this, pause this podcast and go watch this show. Um, if you're not hot for Geralt of Rivia, I mean, <laughs> are you alive? Um, there are some Game of Thrones, like, uh, tie-ins, uh, uh, Vladimir Furtick, who was a stuntman and also known as the Night King on Game of Thrones, mm. was the one who trained Henry Cavill in his sword fighting and and helped with all the stunts. Um, the language that they use is just called Elder, which is actually a real language that they created based on German and Irish and Latin, wow. similar to how they did like Dothraki and Dothraki right. and Game of Thrones. Um, one thing that I find interesting since Zach is joining us today and has 500 audiobooks under his belt is that the voice was something that was really key to this character and that Henry Cavill really run, wanted this role. He's a big gamer in like real life. And so he knew the games. I think he knew the books, but he kept bugging his age and I want to do the show. And no, <laughs> no one was really interested. And they finally had him audition. And, uh, the showrunner, um, Lauren Heiss, which was like, no, I, I haven't even written anything yet. So I don't really know the voice and how the tone is going to be for this show. So they turned him down. They inter, they auditioned. 200 other actors and she Whoa. said as she started writing the script for this show all she heard was henry Cavill's voice mm. and so they brought him back they gave him the role he was obviously so excited to do it and he start he tried to do different voices for the role and he said that no just do your regular unbeknownst to me british accent just do it and so he did. And halfway through the season, he kind of picks up this like deeper, more like gravelly voice, mm -hmm. which is very sexy. And he said, oh, I messed up. We need to reshoot that because I was doing this voice. And they loved it so much. They had him do it for the rest of the season. So his voice changes a little bit, but it's also very appealing. And... um I think that's so interesting. They cut some of his dialogue from the beginning episodes. They liked his expressions wow. and maybe because of his voice there that's too. That's why but the character is so quiet in the beginning. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't say that much in those first couple episodes. And then you, he really starts to, I know Kim will go back to this series, but he really starts to talk, speak more um, and have some very like uh, heartfelt moments, I will say. And you get to get a little bit of his like backstory. Um, so yeah, uh, the Witcher, great show, I will say. And Geralt of Rivia. Ugh, stop. I, Leave me I, here. I think that is just so fascinating. I think as um, a writer, right? The exciting part is seeing your script or whatever come to life and actors doing that is like, so fantastic to watch and the fact that the voice like 
who would have thought that the voice would be so pivotal? But I think, I don't know, I think if, if anyone in this industry or like is into this kind of uh, really deep diving into TV and movies or whatever, I'm totally into that. I love hearing stories about how just a change in, uh, you know, the, the tone of the voice made all the difference in, in how we interpret him as a character, how we interpret scenes and the overall story like how he interacts with other characters i love this kind of shit and i I didn't even notice his voice change to be honest i didn't notice it i feel like i maybe if i went back and watched it i would but i didn't notice it and but there's one scene that i will not spoil for anybody who hasn't seen it and zach probably knows what i'm talking about but there's this one scene where he's talking to another main character and it's a very kind of like a sweet scene, I guess you could say. And he says something and I, it's not just the line, but it's definitely his voice. And I remember I told Kim, I've said, I I didn't think I was going to be even able to finish this show, but I was like, after that scene last night, just when is the new season coming out? You know, like I, so I feel like his voice plays such the tone of his voice plays such an interesting piece into this overall character. I, I think it's so interesting that his, um, his pecs weren't enough for the writer because <laughs> yeah, the voice is great, but Tell he's, me about I mean, it, right? the guy is <laughs> literally made of rock. Um, I don't know why that wasn't enough. It's like, I'm Henry Cavill and I'm trying really hard to get this part. It's like, you're Superman. What are you doing? I love that they, I love that they turned him down. I was, I love this. that he was a dork who was trying, who was a nerd who was like, I like the games. Oh. Can I do it? <laughs> I will say Please. this. I will say this because I think you guys will appreciate some of the internet research that I did. And I was like, yeah, how could they turn him down? He's He physically fits the mold, even though I have no um, history with the books or the video games. But I was like, if you're telling me this is the character, like if you explain the character me, to me verbally, and then you showed me a picture of him with or without his shirt on, I would be like, yeah, that's the guy. Like, right. Mm-hmm. That's the guy you just described to me right and so there were all these articles about how he worked out so hard because i was like how does he look like this like it does not like like he the human body is a magnificent thing i was like so i came across all these articles about how he really worked out he like worked out with uh the rocks trainer and was like so focused on this so there's all these articles about the different training he did for man of steel and 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 then how dedicated he became to this role <laughs> I came across this article i i i don't know if i if this is true but i will want it to be true so let's just make it so that growing up he was a fat kid oh and that he was like a chubby kid and they used to tease him at school and they used to call oh. him fat cavill Oh. oh, what a turnaround. Dude, it what? doesn't even matter anymore. That's I mean, a good what way to solve that trauma. Life. It's like, I'm <laughs> Superman. <laughs> I have an amazing career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he, uh, wow, that is, look, here's the thing. I don't give a sh- two shits about Henry Cavill. Like, I didn't care for him before. I even watched him when he was on the Tudors. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't give two shits about this man. And then I watched the pilot for The Witcher and I was like, this man needed white long hair and stubble, and I signed up. And I and was some like, orange contacts. And I'm not even that is what is wrong with me? I don't that's care not your thing. It. Yeah, I don't need that. Uh, apparently, I don't need that is my thing. I don't need fire in his eyes. <laughs> that's no big deal. 
anything. <laughs> yes. But does he have literal fire in his eyes and stark white hair? Okay. He's so fine. <laughs> All I need is a T-H-I-C-C Legolas and I'm good to go. <laughs> Just like, what is wrong with me? Like, anyway, whatever. Now I see what you see, Michelle. And oh um, look, not try. I'm not trying to find a force of segue here, but here's the thing I will say about the character I'm crushing on this week is that I think he also, I think he also, his voice played a very key role in his character development Mm. for this. So my crush this week and don't laugh. And I will uh, give a little disclaimer around this as well is from a little known film from 1999 called the green mile. And I absolutely adore John coffee played by Michael Clark Duncan. May he rest in peace. What a gifted Mm. actor. Mm -hmm. Now here's what I'll say about the green mile. If you've never watched it, I won't give it away. It's based off a book by Stephen King. I have (laughs) not read a single Stephen King novel, but I've seen like every Stephen King book. I'm sorry. Movie. I mean, (laughs) I've seen the books. I've, seen, I haven't the, read I've yes. seen the books at the. I've been to the library. <laughs> I've looked yeah. at the book and I put it back and I said, "Nope, not for me." Pet cemetery, you say? No, thank you. That's I'm, spelled wrong. <laughs> yes, <laughs> guys. Um, what kind of bookstore is this? <laughs> I just walk into bookstores. I look at the cover and I walk right out. <laughs> this is. Actually, very true to life. Actually, it's um, been it's been a minute since I've I've watched The Green Mile. Um, so, but being not a fan of like, a, right? You're not respect to Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not a huge fan of being like scared of certain things, Rick Grimes style. Um, but it's not. This is not like a scary. It has a supernatural element, but it's not a scary movie. It's not like a typical, like... No, uh, it's not like a dun-dun-dun, like, right. suspense, like, music cutting through and stings like that. Like, it's... um, It is about... Uh, so, John Coffey is a character, and he... A gigantic black man in the, I want to say, early 30s. 1930s. And he is on death row. And the story follows the prison guards and these prisoners who are on death row and basically their interactions. And again, y'all know I love me a good, you know, blurring of the lines between good and evil. I love Mm -hmm. that shit. And that is what this story is all about. And I fucking, again, I've not read a Stephen King novel, but I will watch the movies religiously. And if you even remotely liked Shawshank Redemption, this is almost kind of like, yeah, so it's like a supernatural version of Shawshank Redemption. So again, not giving anything away, but just a little preview. Tom Hanks, lovely Tom Hanks, uh, a clear favorite of the podcast. He plays one of the prison guards and he is suffering from what looks like a urinary tract infection. I know it sounds lame as all hell, but the man can't pee properly. He can't have relations with his wife. He's just constantly irritated. And in comes John Coffey. And in the movie, they make him look like he's freaking seven, eight feet tall. Like he's gigantic, right? But he's a gentle giant. And what he you ultimately learn that he's there because he was convicted of raping and killing two young white girls. Very tragic. Anyway, um, but what you ultimately learn is John Coffey has this special gift 
and he has a special gift of seeing good and evil in people. Oh, and God, that that was the premise. I haven't seen it since it came out. So I was like, what the hell is paranormal about Green Mile? <laughs> he like, what is, are you talking yes. about? It's, it's sad. It's yeah, wow. heartbreaking. And he can see good and evil in people. And he can remove uh, good, like he can remove evil out of people. And by evil, I mean, uh, I guess like con- afflictions, right? He can heal. He has healing properties. So um, it, I, I'm, here's the disclaimer I'm going to make. Spike Lee, absolute genius, has openly sp- spoke about this trope, the magical Negro. And yes, John Coffey absolutely is the magical Negro. However, here's what I'll say. And even Spike Lee said this too. Um, Michael Clark Duncan does a fantastic performance in this role. You are just heartbroken by him he is a character that yes uh the magical negro trope basically says that they uh, you know there is a black person who somehow has magical powers and Mm -hmm. is there to help improve the lives of white people around them expected Mm -hmm. to heal yeah right right and that does happen a lot in this movie that's not to be denied however i think if you are looking for a story again that is blurring these lines of good and evil and unfortunately also looking at a lot of injustice especially uh, clearly with this black man um in this movie i think you will i think you will i don't know get some sort of emotion out of it i can't watch it without losing my mind it's Uh it's it's just a wonderful piece and uh and i love the movie i think john coffee is such a fascinating character I, i don't i don't i don't know if there are any other characters like that where uh where he's just he's just a good person mm-hmm. and you are rooting for him the whole time knowing that he has literally everything stacked against him he is a black man in a world that already doesn't want him around and um i don't know i think it says something greater about how fucked up we are as a people so um I love John Coffey. Highly recommend this movie. It's got a fantastic cast from end to end. Watch it. Plus, it's interesting that they're set up for death row. We've talked on the show about um, the being in prison and whether, you know, if someone has done something truly evil is, is what's the worst thing that could happen to them if they are, if they do, uh, if they're given the death penalty and they do die, isn't that, have they suffered at all? We talked about it in regarding Batman and the Joker and, and um, on that episode. So I think it's really interesting that you bring up, you know, the, the good versus evil and things not being, you know, what you would expect them to be. And especially for him in this role to be a man on death row. It, it, uh, it the amount of themes they go through in this film. Now, granted, it's not a short film. In fact, fun fact: the the movie is 188 minutes long. But Ooh. I love it. In fact, when audiences found out that the movie was that long, apparently Tom Hanks publicly spoke out and was like, "Hey, it's like more bang for your buck." <laughs> he basically <laughs> oh, was Tom like, "Tom Hanks, just hey, look, quit. You spend like eight dollars on a movie ticket. You're just getting more movie, baby." So uh, he apparently jokingly. Uh, jokingly made that statement publicly but um it is 
it goes through so many different themes. It's like it, it, it talks about racism, capital punishment, um, power structure. It, it's just so many themes it addresses in one movie. And I don't even know how they juggle so many balls, but they do it. And it's so beautiful, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and I just, I love the film. It's one of those films. I know Michelle and I, we have joked in the past on our Tom Hanks episode that there are certain, there are certain movies that will play on TV that I was just like, all right, I'm watching this for the 40th time mm. I, this month. And uh, I don't care. And Green Mile is one of those movies where my boyfriend will walk into the living room and being like, be like, you're watching this again. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And they play it, I feel like they play it fairly regularly along with Shawshank Redemption. What is that they on like do. TNT or something? And it's like any given Sunday, you're like, oh, Green Mile back to back with uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yes, please. <laughs> I got to I gotta do a rewatch of Green Mile. You and do. I, I have a, just as an aside, I guess, I have a, a guilt complex because I've never seen Shawshank Redemption. Um, and I think every person on earth has seen Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Just leave your TV on um, TNT and it'll come, like, it's come so up okay. at least five times. Yes, it I love commercials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God, no. Um, Shawshank Redemption is a movie I didn't see till later in life either. I think I was <laughs> maybe, yes, I think I maybe was in my late 20s when I watched Shawshank Redemption for the first time. And I was like, oh shit, no wonder this movie is so good. So I... I don't know what, what what my affinity is for people locked up, um, but I think I think they're really good at showing how again this this dynamic of you know people aren't wholly bad and people aren't wholly good, mm-hmm. and just because they are in prison doesn't make them mm-hmm. invaluable or make them not a person anymore. And uh, I think Stephen King does a fantastic job with these themes. So I would recommend watching both movies. Um, I love them both. I think Shawshank Redemption is a very different film. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's no similar magic, themes. No supernatural. No supernatural no. element. But Tim Robbins is absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. in that film. And Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. I mean, again, Red, end a man to end. Who knows how to get things. Right. Like, end to end casting is fantastic in that movie. The um, fun fact so Michael Clark Duncan, who plays John Coffey in The Green Mile, uh, apparently he got that job. And I'm laughing because speaking of like movies I have not seen, Zach, I have not mm. seen Armageddon. I haven't either. And I watched it for the first time <laughs> this year. My mom's always hated it. And I always think of the Aerosmith song. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's, Armageddon, is that a, a young Ben Affleck? Like, yes. Yeah. Like, and Bruce Willis, right? Bruce mm-hmm. Willis. Oh, I love me some Bruce Willis. Michael Clark Duncan is one of the guys in Armageddon. And he, that's how he knew Bruce Willis. So when Bruce Willis knew that this movie was being cast, Frank Darabont was like putting out feelers for mm-hmm. casting for this very particular role. They're like, okay, we need someone who's like, huge like literally a huge man he looks very like a very daunting kind of like scary character because he right. the way that they shoot him in the movie he he um is like this looming yes like, character he, and he's literally you, two feet taller than the tallest guy on on you know in the prison mm-hmm. guard group and that, that prison guard guy is like six feet you know five whatever mm-hmm. so what well fun fact another fun fact is that they cheated a lot of that through blocking so he <laughs> I, Michael, like, I don't think he's eight foot five but <laughs> <laughs> no, not in real life. Yeah, no, not in real life. But they in the movie they definitely yeah, boost yeah. him up so that he's like right. 
terrifying but the funniest part is that he's this gentle giant and he literally couldn't hurt a mouse uh which is a nod to anybody who's seen the movie so um he is uh so he's like you know worked with bruce willis on armageddon and when bruce willis got wind that they were casting for this very particular character apparently bruce willis reached out and was like yo you need to hire my buddy um and that is ultimately how michael clark duncan got cast in that role that's great. I've I've it's only ever heard, fun. and even before he he died, and there were like there was like an outpouring of like kind things said about him. Everyone always said he was the nicest man in the world. I love and, that. Yeah. Oh was, God. I've, I've only heard only heard good things. Oh, may he rest in peace. What a gift! A gift to uh, Hollywood. So, guys, we gotta we gotta take a quick break. But before we take a quick break, I'll give a quick preview of what we're going to talk when we come back. I'm going to give a quick preview of what we're going to talk about when we come back. (laughs) We're going to talk about witches, ghosts, and stranger things. Oh. When we return. Hey, everybody. So here at Crush Fictionally, we don't have any formal ads, but we like to talk about organizations that are doing some really great work. And we'd like to tell you about Birch Bark Native Arts. Say that five times fast. Birch Bark Native Arts is out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they have some of the most amazing handmade art um, that reflects native cultures. It's from contemporary indigenous artists. We think you'll love it if you go to Birch Bark, which is B. I-R-C-H-B-A-R-K nativearts.com and if you go to Birchbark Native Arts, you can shop their online store. They have beadworks and bags and artwork and, you know, maybe it's a nice gift for you or a gift for somebody else. So check them out and as always, thanks for your support. You know, you guys, welcome (laughs) back. Welcome back to Crush Fictionally. We were just talking uh, The Witcher, which, uh, which how many times can i say which um there are some cheesy elements to the witcher a little bit um but if you have already made it through season one which i think kim is bound to do after that discussion about henry cavill season two is on its way um they're filming it now there's no official release date um but i suspect maybe next year isn't that 2021 what is this the show where they already they already approved season two and three, or is that another Netflix show that I'm thinking of? Mm, I don't know. Sorry. I didn't mean Maybe to get anybody's th- hopes up. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> I'm sure they will with how popular it's been, but uh, season two for sure is coming. You'll find um, out what happens to the Witcher and Henry Cavill's pecs. Hopefully, nothing bad. Nothing bad. All good from here on out. <laughs> Extra hairy this season. <laughs> um, <laughs> guys, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, another good, uh, another bit of not necessarily bad news, but if you were looking forward to watching Ghostbusters Afterlife, the I Ghostbusters, I, oh, God, the trailer looks fantastic. If you have not watched it and you're like me, you're today's, you're today. Day. Today years old. Thank you. <laughs> it's like I can do this, can I? On nope. the Facebook, write me a letter in the mail. <laughs> I was today a pigeon from the tweeter. <laughs> <laughs> from the tweeter. 
Yes, I'm that person. Uh, if you uh, this trailer, <laughs> I'm struggling. The trailer looks fantastic. The movie, unfortunately, is not going to come out in March 2021 anymore. It's now been pushed back to June, but which in Hollywood terms during a pandemic means we don't effing know it's coming out whenever the hell we co- it comes out. Okay, so is it a sequel to Lady Ghostbusters that I didn't see? It's not. Okay. totally different it's actually it seems like um how would you what's like a, it basically seems like an expansion of the world so taking Much like the, the jumanji right mm-hmm. so it's like taking like the four original characters there's clearly a tie between one of the four characters and what the this new set of characters that they bring in again watch the trailer theorize upon it um, Although the Lady Ghostbusters, I was disappointed that people didn't like it because I was really entertained. I loved it. I loved it. But I think people were like, again, if you can't separate, it's kind of like watching the live action Aladdin or Mulan. If you can't separate it from the original, like people are going to get upset because it's like, oh, well, it's not the original. It's like, I yes, think it was, was the dumb. same way for like the Ocean's 8 movies. Not that that had anything supernatural uh, related, but like, yeah. right? Ocean's, well, Ocean's 8 was the lady did, one. Yeah. And I thought it was great. I thought it was really great, but it did I, not do well. I think the only problem with the, the Ghostbusters remake in terms of its reception was like there was like Gamergate bleed over and it was all just like men that were mad that there were women in oh, yes. the leads. And I, I mean, that's you? just so dumb uh, to be mad about that. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're not losing anything by women starring in a movie. I don't, no, I don't it's really, I don't really get it. very entertaining and it's very fun. And of course, it's not the original. It shouldn't be. Um, so anyway, but this Ghostbusters Afterlife looks like an entirely new story that is tying back to the original universe cool. and uh, actually looks a little dare I say serious it looks very it looks very kind of a J.J. Abrams-esque in Mm -hmm. terms of like having that more mm, like less comedic and more like supernatural yeah super eight eight, yeah that's kind of like it has that kind of feel so I'm interested I'm I'm sure they're going to work in comedy of course but um I'm very interested in that and then the One of the main characters in that is also in Stranger Things. Thank you. That's a perfect segue because we're going to talk about how um, just recently announced a bunch of cool actors got added to the Stranger Things cast. One of them being my boyfriend, a man with no name from Game of Thrones. Uh, his real name, the actor's real name is Tom. Oh, God. I'm so sorry, Tom. <laughs> Tom Flushaha. Oh that's my mm. guess. I thought his name was Sexy Nick Kroll. <laughs> oh, Sexy or Nick that. Kroll or Jack and Hagar. Nick Kroll is sexy. I should not say that. But I'm not he does lie. Look like sexy Nick Kroll then. He's like double, two double times. Double sex Nick Kroll. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think Nick Kroll is very sexy. But yeah, um, but yeah no. Men with no name. I'm talking about like talking about a voice that i think is like so unique that he played that character so fantastic using that voice and the way he's very i'm doing a very terrible impression but he's very Mm. 
like calm as a cucumber with his yeah, the way without he being delivers. monotone. Calm I think it's the cucumber. same thing with Henry Cavill in Witcher. Is like you're. It's yeah. like he's supposed to be emotionless. He's not supposed to like carry like the weight that a human being does. And so it's like this sort of like. Duh, 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 but there's still something going there's on. There's still there. some depth yeah. in there because there's yeah. still human beings, right? Or yeah. you know, the supernatural version of a yeah. human being, right? Oh, fantastic! Oh, and then the other ad is um, <clears throat> Michelle. You told me this one. It's oh, um, Robert, the original Freddy Krueger, um, man who stars in All My Childhood Nightmares. Uh, Robert England is going to be in Stranger Things season four, which I oh, think wow. they're partially shooting now. So that's set to come out next. What next year, Kim? Look, but Hollywood. I think Hollywood. The Hollywood. Uh, the overall Hollywood press release says we don't effing know. Okay, <laughs> it'll come out when it comes out. We don't know. Um, that's the official press release from all of Hollywood. Um, so, yes, <laughs> Stranger Things season four. I'm looking forward to it. These kids are going to be so freaking old by the time we see them again. But, uh, hey, I guess that's all right. Yeah, they're going to be like fine. drinking age and in the 80s still. You're and like, I'm going to be oh, super okay. uncomfortable. Like when like that moment when Arya Stark like gets it on with that guy and you're like, oh, Ugh. no, no, Even I can't do this. Hot. And Right? What was I was name? way more upset when Ed Sheeran was on <laughs> than when she. Oh, poor Ed terrible. Sheeran. Poor Ed Sheeran. <laughs> He's a millionaire. <laughs> and he. No one ever would have thought he would be. Speaking of Henry Cavill growing, becoming Superman, that's the equivalent. Uh, Ed she- yeah. He's a, he's a guy and he's got a nice voice, but he's one of the most famous people on earth. I still He's fine, find, Michelle. I still, <laughs> I still find Ed Sheeran's career like a total question mark. Like that's like that. Someone needs to call up Unsolved Mysteries and make a serious <laughs> inquiry as to how Ed how Sheeran happen? has the career that he has because he's. Oh God! I'm not, I was just about to say something very mean. He used to be a roadie, I believe. He, <laughs> I, just, he used I feel to, like, like I'm going to say something so so mean, so I'm just going to laugh. Exactly as your parents say, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. I'm not going to say it at all. <laughs> I got nothing. This podcast <laughs> is over. Believe I believe used to be a roadie. He were he like was a tour, like a tour working guy, and he just happened to like play his songs for somebody at the right time, and then he was on YouTube, and then he it, it was like sort of the YouTube. Uh, uh, generation of what? pop stars where he, yeah, he found his way there. So you just felt Wild. like him being on Game of Thrones was just like not needed, not well, necessary. I, it's I agree. Not, it's not I that agree. it wasn't necessary. It's that it was distracting and that like you hear the news piece about, I take, it took me out of the story because it's like we, everybody hears that he's going to be on and then it's about the fact that Maisie Williams was like, oh my God, Ed Sheeran's here. I'm like, no, you're better than him. And <laughs> no, you are amazing. Yeah. You are. You know, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was just, it, I hate, I don't, I don't always love when social politics enter into the fantasy of a show. I, and that's yes. the problem with Game of Thrones is it's mm-hmm. too big. It mm-hmm. just got so big that it was, it was, there was too much about, it was too much about the actors and not enough about the thing itself, which was yeah. interesting. I was I, late to Game of Thrones. Late. That's a, very me too. late as Kim. Too, I started in season to. four. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I started right before the last season came out. Oh, and wow. I watched all the seasons right before okay. it came out, to which I did the equivalent of live tweeting it, but just to Kim texting her all the <laughs> trash talking about the show. I enjoyed it, it but um, I would just give her my updates on what I thought was happening and what I was watching at the time. And she's like, I can't believe you're watching. I was like, hey, I'm, once I was like done with season one, I was like, well, now I'm committed. I might as well just keep going. Mm-hmm. Well, so I had heard about the Ed Sheeran thing, but I didn't really care. I wasn't, I didn't care enough when it came out. So by the time I watched it, I was like, oh, they just should have kept it a secret and then not talked about it ever. And then he showed up and you're like, oh, it's a funny cameo. And then just be Mm -hmm. done with it. So because he, he, he absolutely did a fine job and he definitely like, you know, it looks like he could be on the show. There's no reason why he shouldn't be on the show. It's just that it was about him instead of about the story. Uh, Mm Um, Yes, it was the beginning of the downfall of that yes, show for me. That's what it is. To be quite frank. It's the denouement um, of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, like <laughs> truly, like it's, it, it uh, God, it, yeah. So we could be here all day talking about the demise of Game of Thrones. We don't need to do that because Michelle, you have a book recommendation. Oh, I do have a book recommendation. We have um, Zach joining us today and we were talking, Kim and I were talking Supernatural. And I said, I don't know why I wouldn't talk about this book. Um, there is a book series called The Children of Blood and Bone. Um Great books. I actually cheated and listened to the audiobooks on these because for me, when it comes to like fantasy and sci-fi, I kind of prefer to do an audiobook, but it depends on the um, narrator uh, for sure. And so uh, Bonnie Turpin is the narrator for these books from oh, she's great. Tommy Adiemi. And she's amazing. Oh, you know her? Yeah, I know Bonnie Turpin. Uh-uh, Bonnie's, oh, excuse me. Bonnie's big, <laughs> Bonnie's big time. I did a book with her that was like a, a sort of... Um, uh, multicast thing, so there are a lot of people in it. And oh. then I, I met her. She's really cool and beautiful. Neat. Oh, <laughs> she does Excuse a really, <laughs> she does a really great job. As do you, Zach, of doing um, narrating the male point of view and the female point of view. Like she, oh, yeah. does, which I think is a really hard thing to do as a person who listens to audiobooks. It, it, a narrator makes or breaks a story. I mean, it could be a really great story. It could be poorly written, but it, you have to have, like, <clears throat> you have, I think the listener has to have some like connection or some, yeah. uh, some draw to the narrator. And I think mm-hmm. that she does a fantastic job of, of, of when she's narrating the male voices versus the female voices and the accents that she uses. I've heard her in other books, but um, I think this was the first time I heard her voice in an audiobook, And I think that's why I stuck with the books. It's, it's magic based. Um, some people have called her uh, Tomi Adeyemi who wrote the books as like a young JK Rowling, which I won't say anything about JK Rowling. We don't need that right now mm-hmm. yeah. um you know what i mean um but this is her <laughs> yeah. f- this is her first book and uh just late last year in 2019 the second series of the uh, the second book in the series came out called the children of virtue and vengeance mm. so if you're into magic it's about different fictional african tribes who have different forms of magic that they use to kind of like fight each other or to usurp power um, where they are and how magic can be seen as a strength or something to be ashamed of. And I think it's Mm. just got uh, what Kim, you were talking about, which is no one's really evil and no one's really good and brings up 
the perception of that, how people can perceive maybe like magic is like this evil thing, but it really isn't. Or is it, or is it? Um, depends on, I guess, who's wielding the magic. That's so, oh, yes. Yeah. Worth a listen or a read if you guys are into it. Oh, can I say now that we've had this conversation and sort of talked about everything, I remembered that there's one there's this one book on this list of books that I've narrated that I recommend. And that's the name of the note on my computer. Nice. (laughs) In all caps. Um, uh, It's called Beyond the Rising Tide by Sarah Beard. And I did it a long time ago, so I don't remember exactly what it's about, but I remember being utterly moved by it. It's about this like this boy saves this girl from drowning. Or vice versa. I don't remember. (laughs) Someone drowns and someone saves. Someone drowns. Someone is saved. Someone is a ghost. Someone takes care of someone in in their afterlife. And it's just really, 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 really well done. Um, I did it a long time ago, so I feel really bad if I'm butchering it. But I know that I put it on that list because I care about it. Of your recommendations. Um, So you guys, the title again? Beyond the Rising Tide. Great. Beyond the Rising Tide. You can look it up. Ooh, I'm putting that on my read list. Narrated by our own. Ooh. Well, I mean, we're kind of already dabbling in it, but do we have any honorable mentions that didn't make it to the number one spot? Mm -hmm. Take it off, Zach. Zach is nodding his head excitedly. (laughs) I'm shaking my head violently. Um, I shouldn't because I'm injured. Um, uh, So... um, (laughs) This, the other, I am straight, but the other character is a man in the show. And okay, so Buffy, there's this librarian that you meet at the beginning, and yes. he is the Slayer's watcher, and he, um, he watches over her and helps train her to, uh, you know, fight the forces of evil. Mm-hmm. Um, the premise of the show that I didn't fully describe is that they live in a town called Sunnydale. And if for some reason in Sunnydale, there's a hell mouth that's opened up and that's where the, the Slayer always has to go where the hell mouth is to defend Earth from the things that are coming out of hell mouth. And the and watcher mind you, she's is, in high school. She's a <laughs> child who can kill anything. And and so Giles, Rupert Giles is her uh, librarian slash mentor and he's her watcher. And um, he is the most kind, sweet, loving man ever. And he's also a little sassy British devil. Um, and there's just their, their dynamic is like the first you really encounter because like she develops friendships over the, over season one, but they're the first that's like guaranteed. Like he is, it is their jobs to do these things and they're managing their way. And she has like a sort of estranged relationship with her father and he sort of fills that role. And um, and he's really British, right? And he and Anthony Stewart Head actually is British. Yeah. And his name is Anthony Stewart Head. <laughs> Stewart <laughs> so I always, Head. I still kind of laugh at him. I'm like, why is it? I just take, you should put the head somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Chop that head off. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the, that, that relationship really always hits home in terms of emotional human drama. Cause it's like, you don't, it doesn't even have to be said that he's like fulfilling this need that she definitely needs mm-hmm. that she definitely must yeah. have as a girl growing up, which is to have, you know, a cherished, caring male adult figure in her life. Um, and he, and he, yeah, then th- that, 
just anytime they have like a poignant conversation and then there's the violins and then it's like, yeah. Oh, it's really sweet. Be crying. Yeah. Yeah. Is this where <laughs> you, we all cry you, for a show I, that last, I've never seen? A couple nights ago, I cried harder at an episode of that show than I've ever cried at anything. It was gulping, gulping out painful tears. Oh. Um, I'm not kidding when I say that this is so much more <laughs> than what it seems as yeah. a show. Yeah. Look, you've convinced me, but you and Charlotte have convinced me. I could talk about it forever, but there you go. <laughs> I love that. I'm into it. I didn't think I would be, to be quite honest, but I'm go. into it. All right, Michelle, when you're not lusting over a white-haired, fire-eyed Henry Cavill. Three percent body fat, um, <laughs> who happens to be British. You know who oh, it is? Geez. He's doing some charity work and everybody is there for it this week um in real life. Uh but man, Louis from Interview with a Vampire just wants to live his damn life and then he becomes a vampire. <laughs> and then he just like, I just want to brood and be sad and depressed because I lost my wife and my kid, and now I gotta live out this two hundred years and I don't want to kill people and He's just struggling. So um, my honorable mention goes out to Brad Pitt's Louis from Interview with the Vampire. Um, it took me a while to get on board with Tom Cruise as Lestat, but I'm not mad about it. And special shout out to Kirsten Dunst, who was Claudia. Um, but yeah, I love his character in that and how conflicted he is and trying to do the right thing. Um, but how can you um, when you have to drink ple- people's blood? That is just a <laughs> tough place to be in. It's real I rough. Think. It's real rough out there for it's poor Louis there. and his still- Lee press on nails that I'm even not that mad about. Why? Do- what's with the nails? I, mean, <laughs> I have a thing about hands. I have a real thing about hands. I think hands are very Doesn't telling. Every- yeah. But I also... Um, will or will not be attracted to somebody based on the shape of their hands and the nails Damn, on vampires. I, yeah, I, it's, I don't, wow. whatever. That's just my thing. That's, that's um, it's okay. Um, but yeah, he's got these long <laughs> nails. It drives me crazy, but I still crush on his character and how he's really struggling and he just wants he's to. He's also Brad Pitt. He's also a young Brad Pitt with long hair. Mm-hmm. Not mad about that. And I have then, a video on my phone, by the way, of Tom Cruise at one point in that movie. I've never laughed harder at someone trying to be serious where he's telling <laughs> Kristen Dunst, like, because she's become a vampire and she's a child. And he tells her, like, <laughs> you have endowments. No, no. He says, endowments that you'll never have. <laughs> and he just stares away like that. And it's supposed to be like, oh, what a scary guy. But I never laughed harder. <laughs> he looks like an idiot. And it's just so funny. I... He's telling this poor girl that she'll never have breasts just because she's a vampire. It's fucked up. <laughs> anyway. I think it's funny because he is, Tom Cruise is not the best Lestat and apparently Anne Rice was so 100% opposed to him in this role, but that he was really popular obviously at the time when this movie came out. And so they cast him anyways. There were other people in mind and they still cast Tom Cruise. And if he, if for anybody who hasn't seen Interview with the Vampire or you go back and watch it like I did, I was like, wow, how is this movie (laughs) made it so the acting is so bad but if you watch it thinking that it's like a comedy (laughs) like that it's intended to be a comedy yeah like my two dads like 
you know, my two dads and she's a vampire. Three and men and a vampire. Like, I don't want to clean up my room, you know, like that kind of <laughs> stuff. Then it works. And then you can kind of, he, Tom, Tom Cruise's Lestat becomes a little bit more Lestat than Tom Cruise because you're like, oh, this is a comedy, but now there's some serious elements yeah. to it. So I wish Ted Danson had been Lestat. Ted Danson. <laughs> if we're talking about the three men and a baby. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, perfect, yeah. <laughs> there was like is... an old show in the 90s, I think, that was called My Two Dads, and they mm. weren't. But in my mind, Lestat and Louis are married, like a married gay couple, and they're like, mm. they adopted this kid, but they're also vampires. That's my Hollywood pitch. How very progressive. Got it. Yeah. Cool. It's progressive and funny, and then it takes – a kind of serious turn as she realizes that she doesn't want to be a kid forever. And she's really upset. I will also give a shout out to Guillermo from who's a character from what we do in the shadows, the FX series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've just started it. There's two seasons out. The second season just came out, I think earlier this year, the summer 2020. And, um, <laughs> I enjoy the series more than I do the movie, if I'm allowed to say, even though, me too. um, me too. yeah, I think it's, I think it's funnier. I, for some reason to me, mm-hmm. um, but <clears throat> sweet little Guillermo, he just, he's the vampire familiar, which means he does stuff around the house. He's their servant and all he wants to be is a vampire. And I just find him so sweet he's and so endearing. Sweet. And, yeah. And well, I was <laughs> I hope I'm not, I haven't made it that far into the first season, but hopefully he gets what he wants. Oh, the second season is even better. It's really, oh, good. it's oh, so good. Yeah. Can't wait. Cool. Who's on your list, Kim, of honorable mentions? All right. Of course, I got to give a shout out to Hector Cruise. from Coco, played Aww. by Gael Garcia Bernal. Um <sighs> I don't know if I, I probably butchered that name, but anyway, Hector, is he not one of the best characters? Like, yes. it's just so freaking good. Coco is the most beautiful movie. This is part you, where I cry, where they sing that sweet oh, sing the song at the end. Get me I out mean, of here. Exactly. I'm like, if you don't cry. You, you are a vampire. You are dead inside. I know. Stop it. I'm yeah. No, Coco had ripped me apart and sewed me back up. Um, I love that movie. And I know I've talked a lot about haunting of Hill house, but guys, you've got to watch this show. I could pick one character, but there's so many fascinating characters on that show. And I highly recommend it for the 40th time. And another show that I would recommend that is just chock full of amazing characters and amazing actors is American Horror Story Coven from years ago. It is a fantastic season of American Horror Story. If you're not familiar with American Horror Story, it's anthology. So basically, um, each season's a new, unique season. And sometimes there's nods to each of the seasons. Um, and it's done by Ryan Murphy. But American Horror Story Coven follows... Uh, oh, how would you say... Um, different houses of witches. Yeah. mm -hmm. And kind of, and it takes place in uh, New Orleans and it is fantastic. It's some great acting, some great writing and not too scary. At least I don't think it would be too scary for Michelle. You've lied to me before. Tell you exact scene how scary haunting of Hill Houses. Don't watch it alone. Don't even watch it in the daytime. That's I haven't trick. seen a lot of American Horror Story, but it's definitely not as scary as Haunting of Hill House. Mm. Okay. 
I mean, he did say he was screaming every episode, so... Jesus Christ. <laughs> Speaking of screaming at the uh, during every episode, I'm screaming because we're at the end of our episode. No, say it isn't so. <sighs> but we have had such a wonderful time with you, Zach. I hope you had a good time, too. I did. This has been so great. You guys are great, and this is fun. And none of us cried, not even once. So <laughs> I almost did a couple times. He did. <laughs> During Kim's story, for sure. <laughs> I've never cried hard while saying the word sheep, but <laughs> there we have it. There's, all, there's always room for something new to happen. Life is interesting like that. You, one day Life you're fine, wild. and the next thing you know, you're one day wailing, you're fat screaming, cavil, sh- and then the next day you're 3% body fat on The Witcher. <laughs> On that note, if you have any supernatural stories that will make Zach cry or Michelle scream. Or not Zach cry. Or, yeah, me scream because I'm terrified. Or or me just go laugh at you the (laughs) entire time. Is this Um, a Stephen King book? Exactly. Shrugging and and looking at the cover of your story and going, I'll watch the movie. Um, Hit us up on social medias. And then, Zach, how can people follow you? Oh, um, I have an Instagram and it's Weber-esque, but not E-S-K. It's Weber with two B's, W-E-B-B-E-R-E-S-Q-U-E. So that's what that is. And (laughs) I don't really go on Twitter anymore, but you can follow me there if you want, (laughs) at Zachary Weber. And your band is Night Darling and also on Spotify, Apple, and Instagram? Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at Night Darling Music. Yeah. N-I-G-H-T. D-A-R. Correct. Night Darling. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no clever spelling Give here. Give them a listen. Give nope. them a listen. Regular spelling. <laughs> Thank you so much again, Zachary. Uh, thanks again to Campfire Media for helping us put together this little show. And if you enjoyed what you listened to, go ahead and leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcast. And tell and us your crush. We'll read it on the next show. That's me screaming into the ether. (laughs) In between episodes, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Crush Fictionally. And feel free to slide into those DMs. Or tell us about your favorite fictional crush when you leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And we'll read your crush out loud on the next episode. You've been listening to Crush Fictionally with original music by the talented Edith Mudge. Artwork by the incredible Rose Feddock. And produced by the amazing Peter Burns. Thanks for listening. I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trong. And remember to love yourself. Because your love is real. Will Himes, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. 
This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.